Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. everyone. My name is Allison Graves and welcome to Coronavirus in Florida, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. This episode was released on Friday, May 1st. On this show, we'll talk to experts and reporters, share the facts behind the spread of the virus and discuss what could happen next. Today, confusion over how Florida is counting the dead. With no concrete explanation, state officials stopped releasing the list of coronavirus deaths being compiled by Florida's medical examiners. When that list was available in early April, the Tampa Bay Times reported that the medical examiner's death count was 10% higher than the figure released by the Florida Department of Health. The state has been withholding the medical examiner's list since April 20th. Today, we're going to talk to our deputy investigations editor, Kathleen McGrory, who has been covering this story with investigative reporter Rebecca Woolington. Kat, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Can you take us back to how this started? When did you first notice a difference in the state and medical examiner's list data? I will, uh, I'll take you back even a little bit further than that. Um, so a few weeks ago, Rebecca and I were really just trying to get a, a sense for what the death toll was here in Florida. Um, we believe the numbers we were seeing from the state might represent an undercount, but we weren't sure to what extent. So we started to do what was reporters do, which is just to reach out to the various medical examiners and and ask them what they were seeing. And kind of in the course of that reporting, it came to our attention that all of the the local medical examiners, there are 23 medical examiners offices in Florida, were feeding that information up to the state medical examiners commission in Tallahassee, uh, which was maintained a list. So, you know, we made a few phone calls. We were able to obtain that list. Um, And what was interesting about it was that the list that the medical examiners were keeping was actually quite different from the list that the State Department of Health was publishing. Um, It was different for two reasons. Uh, One, we believe that there is a bit of a lag in the State Department of Health being able to to confirm and report deaths. So that list may be updated a bit slower than the Medical Examiner's Commission list. Um, But two, there was a difference in the way uh, the two organizations have been classifying deaths. So the state is doing it based on the, the county and the state of the person's residence, so where they lived. Um, the Medical Examiner's Commission, however, is looking at it in terms of 
where the person died. Um, so you may have somebody who lived their life in Pinellas County, um, but died at Tampa General in Hillsborough. In the state counts, that would count as a Pinellas death, but in the medical examiner's count, that would count as a Hillsborough death. This matters if you zoom out a little bit on the aggregate, um, because when we're looking at the overall count, the overall number of deaths in Florida, the way the state is doing it is going to exclude any snowbirds or seasonal mm-hmm. residents, part-time residents, visitors. Um, you know, and again, kind of zooming out to 10,000 feet, that may be a reason uh, that there's going to be a, a discrepancy between these two lists. So you wrote that story a few weeks ago, I think maybe the second week of April. What happened after that? Yeah, we, we wrote that story. And at that particular moment when we did the story, the discrepancies between the overall counts on the two lists was about 10%. So the medical examiner, medical examiner's commission list, um, it was about 10% longer um, than the state's list. So we wrote that. Uh, we spoke to some public health experts who said, Look, you know, there may be a reason for only counting Florida residents, but when you're trying to understand the toll of the epidemic in Florida, a state that has a lot of snowbirds at this time of year, and given that snowbirds and the elderly are such a vulnerable population, that, you know, any count that excludes those people really isn't giving you the full picture of what's happening in Florida. And then recently, uh, I decided that I should try to get an updated copy of the list from the medical examiner's just to try to, you know, wrap my head around what was happening at that moment. Um, we can be told that that list was no longer being made uh, available to the press and to the public. So as of this recording, it's been 10 days with no list. Uh, what is the state's reasoning? Yeah, it has indeed been 10 days. Uh, and again, it was a list that had been made available to reporters in real time previously. So the fact that it's been 10 days is is significant in my mind. Um, Initially, the Medical Examiner's Commission said it had been told that the record was confidential uh, and didn't need to be disclosed under Florida's public record laws. We then checked in with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, which is the state agency that provides administrative support to the Medical Examiner's Commission. That wasn't exactly the case, um, that instead they were taking the list and it was under review and that they may have to redact it because there may be some personal information in there. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I asked them, well, can you tell me exactly, uh, you know, what statutory exemptions you would be citing if you were to redact information from these records? They did not get back to me. Um, All I can tell you is that that 10 days have passed and they have not uh, given this record to us yet. What about the sources you've spoken to? What are some of their theories as to why the state might be withholding this right now? Well, there are a couple of things that we know that have happened already that can, can give us some insight um, into what may be happening. So we know, um, uh, thanks to some really terrific reporting in the Miami Herald, that the State Department of Health uh, at some point last month reached out to the Miami-Dade medical examiners um, and either recommended, advised, told them that they shouldn't be releasing their death data to the Miami Herald. Um, And they cited a a reason that they believed that information was exempt from disclosure under Florida law. 
Now, the county attorney there reviewed that reasoning um, and ultimately said that she believed that the death records were indeed a public record um, and that she planned on disclosing them to the Miami Herald unless the State Department of Health agreed to defend the county against any potential lawsuits. Um, the state never got back to them on that piece of it. Um, you know, I, I asked the Florida Department of Law Enforcement um, and the Department of Health, frankly, if there had been any conversation between those two agencies about the Medical Examiner's Commission full list. Um, both FDLE and the Department of Health acknowledged that there had been conversations between the two. The State Department of Health said they had participated in phone calls, or conference calls, rather, um, that, you know, talked about some privacy concerns mm -hmm. that they had. So we definitely know there was communication um, between those agencies. So that's that's definitely something that's been going on in the background. So experts are saying this seems like a public record. Who would deem it a public record? How, how could we figure that out? Um, well, there's a couple of things that we can look to, right? Uh, in the state of Florida, autopsy reports are public record. Um, most of the, the work product of the medical examiner is considered public record, paid for by taxpayer dollars, uh, and there go is public record. Mm -hmm. um, in the case of the, the people who are dying of COVID-19, the medical examiners aren't necessarily doing autopsies. Um, in many cases, they are using like swab tests to determine if the person had COVID or they're simply looking at their medical records mm -hmm. because, you know, in some cases somebody died in a hospital and had already been testing. So there's autopsy report, so to speak, um, but there is an investigative report or a case summary. Um, you know, to a lot of the public uh, records experts who we spoke to, um, that too should be public record. There's no specific exemption um, in Florida law, you know, that, that says otherwise, frankly. The state in its conversations with the Miami-Dade Medical Examiner appeared to have pointed to uh, a statutory exemption that is for epidemiological studies that the Department of Health does. Um, certainly some information from those studies is exempt. But again, the experts that we spoke to said they didn't necessarily believe that those, you know, those exemptions applied to the records that the medical examiners were creating in their local offices. You know, that the, the case summaries, the investigative reports um, that they had in their hands at the local level, you know, before becoming part of a, an epidemiological study would not be exempted. Um, and that was the reason the Miami-Dade County folks said, no, we have to release this. Um, so, you know, certainly an interesting question, um, but a, a lot of experts we spoke to said that they believe those records are public. And frankly, a lot of the medical examiners themselves believe those records are public. So that, that brings me to my next question. Have the Medical Examiner Commission stats ever been withheld for an, any reason before this? My understanding is no. We spoke to the chairman of the Medical Examiner's Commission, and he said that uh, the medical examiners have been, you know, counting the dead in every statewide emergency since Hurricane Andrew in 1992. They've been compiling this kind of list, and it has always been made available to the public in, in its complete form. That fact shocked me. Um, so 
uh, I want to make sure I'm just understanding this right. So you're not getting this list from the state, but on the local level, are you able to get reports from specific medical examiners offices or you can't even get those at this point either? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, uh, for a while, you know, it, it seemed that some of the local offices were releasing that information and others weren't. I mean, it just appeared to be a patchwork. So, for example, we were getting that information from Pinellas and Pasco. We were getting that information from Miami-Dade and Broward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were getting that information from Orange and Osceola. Um, you know, but for a while, Hillsborough was telling us that they believed the information uh, should not be released, and in fact, citing the same statute that the state has been citing. Um, Hillsborough changed its mind on Tuesday and said that actually do believe the records are public, and they started releasing them to us. Um, Palm Beach County had stopped releasing the records mm. briefly, um, but as of today, as of Thursday, they have said they got an opinion from their county attorney, and they believe that those records are public, so they are releasing them. So there is a possibility that, you know, we could get these records from each of the 23 offices in the state of Florida. Um, and in fact, that's something that we're, we're trying to do. Um, but, uh, you know, that, is that, tough. that takes time and, and effort. <laughs> uh, and, and knowing that this compilation exists, <laughs> you know, is, is kind of the frustrating piece of it. Okay, so just wrapping it up here, is it possible that the state, I don't know if could change their mind is the right phrase, because maybe they're not set on any decision yet, but like, could they re-release this list? Yeah, they could. They It's it's absolutely their prerogative to, for this Florida Department of Law Enforcement, you know, acting as the uh, the administrative staff for the Medical Examiner's Commission could, could release it uh, in its unredacted form. They could also choose to redact some of it, and they'd have to tell us what, you know, what statute um, they were citing, um, why they believe it's exempt from from Florida records. So that's another possibility. Um, Or they could attempt to make the case that it's confidential exempt. But you have no time frame for when that would happen. I do not. I've been checking in with them every few days, um, and uh, they assure me that they'll get it to us as as soon as it's available. as of Thursday, we still don't have the record. Um, well, Kat, uh, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this story. It's fascinating, and I'm sure there'll be updates in the future. Um, we really appreciate your time, though. Thank you. We're going to stay on top of it for sure. Okay, everyone, that does it for today's episode. As always, for the latest information on coronavirus in Florida, you can visit tampabay.com slash coronavirus. Also, if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platform. This has been Coronavirus in Florida. Thanks for listening. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.